0: Alls I've got to say about the issue is this. If you're writing a book and are considering skimping out when it comes to cover art, or like making it in GIMP or something, please reconsider. Once again, dear listener, I fell to the promise of a good cover. And honestly, I wasn't disappointed with myself. The book in question this week is, of course, Johann Cabal. Johannes Cabal? Johans Cabal? It's called Cabal throughout the entire book, okay? Uh, so, Cabal, Necromancer, by Jonathan L. Howard. So, before you listen to this, just go listen, Go look at the cover, you know? Like, it looks like a Pope clothing piece if Pope stuff was competent. I love it. As to the book itself, I really liked it. It's about a necromancer, the titular Cabal, who, in one of the first acts of the book, marches straight into hell for an audience with Satan. I, you got my attention. The gist is that he sold his soul to Satan for his expertise in the field of necromancy, and now he wants it back. The tale of making a bet with old Scratch is a tradition as old as time itself. One thinks of The Devil Went Down to Georgia and similar songs or stories. Uh, The other side of that is selling your soul, going to the crossroads. Interestingly, a lot of people these days think selling your soul is as easy as watching certain movies or reading certain books, but I mean generally speaking a contract for your soul has to it has to have consideration on both sides before it can become binding. Satan might be a bastard, but for some reason he has always seemed to stick with human laws on these things. I wonder why. Well, no commentary there, moving on. Ultimately, the book revolves around this bet. The Cabal cannot collect 100 souls for Satan in the span of one year. In the process, Satan plays both sides, mostly because he's bored. I don't think I noted it earlier, but Satan has Cabal's soul, and as a necromancer, he cannot uh, finish his studies in necromancy until he gets his soul back, so he goes to Satan for it. He provides Cabal with a traveling circus to assist, and later has some demons burn half of it down just to be a nuisance. One thing that I felt they captured really well in this book is that Satan is fickle. He changes sides, he both hurts and helps his own cause seemingly at random, but it's revealed later in the book that Satan is just bored. So he's essentially taking the entire situation as a joke. I won't give away exactly how it plays out, but I do want to touch on some themes I found to be very fun. First is Cabal himself. The story is told in limited, omniscient, third-person view. And as far as Cabal goes, it plays his cards very close to the chest. You don't even find out Cabal's true motive until the last paragraph of the book. Hints were dropped about it, but nothing you could really work the truth with. Although it didn't end up making sense, it felt a little bit like a deus ex motive. Is that how you'd say that, deus ex motive? Deus ex motiva? Uh, Sorry, I don't really intend that as an insult. It was just interesting. Another part of Cabal that was really interesting to me was his relationship with his brother, Horst. See, I have a little brother. He's a good kid, although he's not really much of a kid now, being in his 30s. He's not the most outgoing type. He's kind of a mystery to even those that know him, and I don't claim to understand him at all, despite the fact that I love him very much. In this scenario, my brother would be a a Cabal, I, on the other hand, would be Horst. A vampire in the book, he is outgoing and creative and generally liked. He's also more handsome than Cabal, but I will not make that bold claim in a juxtaposition against my brother in this particular essay. Being as such, there is friction between the brothers, although generally speaking, they like each other. If the author did not have a brother growing up, I'd be shocked. The sibling situation is an amazingly interesting one in real life. Two or more people, ostensibly coming from the same place, on divergent paths. It's just cool to think about. It really makes one wonder about nature versus nurture. One difference between these fictional brothers in my life, besides the vampires and literally raising the dead and shit, is that the Cabal brothers were tense because Horst was always the favorite. In my experience... My parents did their best to keep everything equal, and I don't believe that Jeff and I have any sort of rivalry. Unless it comes to running split times, in which case, my little brother is the undisputed king. I do love you, dude, if you happen to listen to this. Another running theme of the book that I really enjoyed was the approach to hell. Really, most of the book was a shit-take of hell, with incompetent demons, a bored Satan, and one very over-enthusiastic administrator. It's depicted as a shitty place to be, but not really because of biblical torture or any of that. Mostly because it's so human. This book is not an innovator in this sense. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac? Little Nicky? Shit, even my own comic Disco Infernal all delve into the nature of hell and how it was influenced by humans. The depiction is never favorable. Another one I saw recently that actually does it is Hell of a Boss. Same concept. To Jonan Vasquez's credit, though, uh, the creator Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, he made heaven equally unpleasant. How's that for showing both sides? With that said, though, this book really went hard on the denizens of hell. As far as I can tell, he made up his own demons, unlike some media like the aforementioned Hell of a Boss or Hereditary that use previously established demonological lore for their characters. This, believe it or not, allows them to establish their own personalities without being weighed down by the Goetia or other interpretations of said lore, and I think that plays on the strengths of the book. Because it's silly. At no point are you really worried about Cabal. While the stakes are supposed to be high, I mean, Cabal's very soul, the book is honestly too goofy for you to take too seriously. Even the art of necromancy itself, a really heinous art if you think about it, is kind of portrayed in a funny way as well. It reminds me a lot of John Dies at the End, which was similarly whimsical in its way. As an example, the first time that Cabal does actual necromancy in the book, he kills two men that try to rob him and then brings it back. The entire book, they are almost comedic relief, just stupid zombies trying to do their thing. I don't know. It's just a fun little book. Good occult fiction is generally hard to come by, in my experience, with the recent exception being Ninth House by Lee Bardugo? Should have looked that up before recording. Most of it takes itself really seriously, but I posit to you that everything to do with the spiritual, the mystical, it requires a bit of a sense of humor to really process, especially the really dark stuff. I never understand highly religious people who refuse to see the holes in their systems, and there are holes. It doesn't make them invalid, not at all, but it does mean our knowledge is incomplete. Shit, even as a diet atheist myself, I fully admit that there are some questions that a chaotic universe and evolution just do not answer to satisfaction. It doesn't make it wrong, it just means that there are still mysteries. Is it any wonder that many occult philosophies are referred to exactly as that? The mysteries? Just saying. Think about it. Think about it, guys. With that said, without getting into a long rant on theosophy, I should probably tell you the negatives of this book, although there aren't that many. As previously mentioned, they didn't reveal Cabal's motivations until the end. I thought it was lame. I think it was supposed to make you to have like a come to Jesus moment and realize why he was so obsessed, but the hints were few and very obscure. Another thing is that the conflict of the story is that Cabal wants his soul back, but he never explains why in any real way. It's real hand-wavy, just like Stephen King with Charlie's past and Fairy Tale. He can't continue his studies without a soul. Okay, that's interesting. Why would one need a soul to study necromancy? Who knows? The book never explains. Lastly, Cabal is very unlikable. I mean, very. A lot of stories get by with an unlikable protagonist, but most examples are at least slightly redeemable. Cabal is just a fucking jerk. And you don't really find out why until late, and it's not really justified. Should you read it? Yeah. It's a fun story, and I believe it's worth your time. As I said before, good occult fiction is a difficult thing to come by, and you don't really see that much of it out there. I think that it should be a genre that gets a lot more popular, and there are a lot of cartoons that are delving more into it than the literature does, so maybe we'll see that continue to develop. But... With that said, I've been Pope, this is Macabre Masters Quicklit, and I hope you have an amazing, amazing, amazing night. See you later.